Hey. It's been a while. Yes. I think maybe you've missed us. Maybe you haven't. Who knows? Anyways, enough with the boring elevator music. Um, we made it. We are back doing the Utah Royals FC show. How are you doing, Megan? I'm doing all right. It's long off season, but that's okay. We're getting through it. Only a couple more months until we get to see some soccer again. So that's good. Oh, for sure. It's so interesting because I always used to think that the RSL off season was so long. And then now it's this and it's like, I know we basically whoa. added two months on each end to the off season. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's been long. I mean, cause you figure we haven't seen a Royals game since September and it's January now. So yes. It's been it has, way too long. It's been a long time and it has been way too long since we've done a podcast. Sorry. It has to been. All those who listen, um, preparing for college finals turned into finals which turned into nothing to talk about, which then turned into the holidays. And then we just didn't do it because there's nothing to talk about, being busy, relaxing. Um, but I guess back to business as usual a little bit as school gets back in session, at least for Ryan and I. Um, sorry, Megan. Well, you, I guess you had time off, but yeah. your semester hasn't changed. Yeah, not yet. End of the week. Almost, almost done with this first semester. So Woo. getting there. Um, so there's a ton of Royal stuff to talk about today. Um, we're going to try to cram it in. Um, we're going to start off at the top. So, um, Roscoe, friend of the show, Roscoe, great human being. So much. Yeah. Roscoe has left to pursue some better opportunities, which are also, um, bring him a more livable wage, I suppose you could say. Um, but love Roscoe. So he is going to be doing something else. Check out his um, Instagram at shot, shot boxer quality content there, even if it's not soccer anymore, but it's still quality photos there. Yeah, it's hand egg now, but it's so good. He's so yeah, good at what he he's does. still so talented. I know. Oh, I think he, either yesterday or the day before he posted a picture with the sunset through the guy's face. And I was just like, yes. Oh, he's so talented. Ross is going to listen to this and hate us for this, but he's, he's the most talented photographer I think I've personally ever seen. So yeah, for check sure. him out. Such keep, a good keep dude. Keep tabs on him. Yeah, such a good dude, dude. Such a nice guy. Yeah. I wish we could have hung out more while he was here. I wish I had more time. Same. Yeah. All right. Um, on to other things. So the court SG is accepting leadership applications. You can check it out on the Facebook group when the article goes live on our soapbox. We'll put a link there. Um, but like, guess just be nice to have some other people step up this year. Um, and it doesn't require a lot of work. So if you're coming into games anyways, just like, you know, it doesn't hurt to fill it out. Um, but we're really hoping to do some awesome things to improve the fan atmosphere even more. See, I um, never knew it was like an application thing. I always just assumed it kind of happened. So I guess I'll have to get more involved this year. Yeah, it did. It did sort of kind of happen. But well, I guess this year it's trying to be a little bit more organized <laughs> a little bit. Well, I'll have to get more involved because I always love what they all do. And you kind of got involved this year, too. So I guess it's my turn. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Not a whole ton. Hey, I saw you up on the cap stand once. Oh, man, that was embarrassing. (laughs) No, it was fine. You keep saying that and it was fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's not nearly as bad as you thought it was in your head, I'm sure. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, nobody booed you off, so it can't have been too bad. That's true. That's true. But I'm sure in their heads they did. Oh, well, we'll see. You'll, you'll probably see more of me up there this year. Good. I'm going to make sure it happens. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, also, so I explained to someone this week that we are on iTunes, uh, on the apps. You can just type in. We are. Yeah, you can just type in Utah Royals FC show and we will be right there. Super easy. Which is bad because I don't know if I'm actually subscribed to us. I'm subscribed to RSL show. <laughs> now I'm going to see if I am. Oh, that's so funny. I think I am. I feel like I could see our shows pop up in there. We'll find right out. On. It looks like I am. So, yep, there it is. Okay, good. I would have been such a bad host if I wasn't subscribed to my own show. So, <laughs> Party. Um, so, we have some questions, and I think we'll do those first. Because there's stuff to talk about, but they also overlap with the questions. So, I think we'll do Alrighty. questions first. Um, so Joe Malbica, awesome listener to the show. So he just wants to know how the Royals and the W league are doing. 
Um, honestly, I have not paid attention as dutifully as I had the first two weeks of Same. the season. Um, but so Katie Stangle has had a pretty good year, uh, three goals and two assists in six appearances, but she's also picked up an injury. Um, and she's going to be, she'll be, it's the type of injury where she'll definitely be fit and back for preseason. Um, and she'll probably even be back for the last week of the W League, but she's out temporarily. And then, um, obviously not on the team anymore, and with the signing of Vero, pretty much guarantees that for sure she won't be coming back. Um, but Gory also had a season-ending injury. Um, yeah, it's sad. Um, but no one is really, from the Royals, is like standing out. Um, Gunny is 10th in passing, and Sam Johnson is 9th. But that's pretty much it. No one's like really doing much. Um, um, you know, Sam Johnson's team—they're first in the league. Um, yeah, I saw that. They're doing pretty good. Yeah, but it's—I don't know. Um, not a lot of super impressive performances from what I've seen. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we answer one of the other questions. Um, so Joe also wants to know what podcast guests we have coming out. Um, so, uh, Erica Timrak either next week or the week after I need to finalize that with her. Um, and then I'd also really like to get Mandy Laddish and Becca Moros on before the season starts and Scott and Laura again for like a full blown interview before the season starts. And those will most likely like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we will get those interviews in. For before the season starts, but it's just a matter of when. Just yeah, been so crazy. Yeah, if Ryan and Mandy talking, that should be a fun podcast. Oh gosh, <laughs> we'll have to make sure Ryan's available for that one. Yes, definitely, or not available. <laughs> <It's> true, <laughs> depends on what what we want out of that one. Yeah, for sure. I think if we did it without Ryan, he'd be mad at us. So <laughs> for sure, no, it's about it's about time. We get Erica on. I told her we were going to get her on like three weeks after we did the original interview. And then Joe made that awesome graphic. And then Alex came on and then we were going to try and get her then. And it just never worked out. So hopefully now we can. Yeah. And most, most of that's on my part too. Like (laughs) I just haven't outreached, but you know, whatever. Um, So Stockton wants to know how we start the season away or home. He says, I'm thinking away. Honestly, I have no idea how to predict that at all. Yeah, I I would hope that since they made us start on the road last season, that maybe we get the first week at home this year. But it's also Utah, and maybe they try and, like Ryan said, try and keep the you know teams in warmer cities get the first home matches. I don't know. Hopefully, home match as soon as possible. But I'd also rather have the home matches at the end of the year than the beginning. So either way, I'm kind of okay with whatever happens. For sure. For sure. Um, so Marcus has some questions. God, I love Marcus so much. Such a good dude. Um, so we're going to cover them mostly when we talk about the rest of the things and just incorporate them into that. Um, Mike Wilcox asks, so I guess what roster moves need to be made and what, I guess, holes in the roster do we have? Do you want to go first? Because we could talk about this for a super long time. Oh, man. Um, I feel like. I was especially worried about that midfield, but with the signing of Vero, I'm, I feel kind of okay, which is weird. I don't normally feel that way in the off season. I would like to get Katie Sangle back and healthy, so I feel more confident in the front line because you know I never know what can happen with an injury. But I, th- I think I'm okay. You'll probably say something that'll spark an int- something in me, but like I feel like if we can keep Becky and Rachel, we'll have a good solid back line just like normal and Vero in the midfield should kind of cuz that was my biggest issue last season is the midfield just was struggling a little bit for some reason and then I think with her it'll kind of shore everything up and we'll be we'll be okay for at least a little bit. We'll get started and see how it actually goes, but on paper it looks okay to me right now. I agree with that. I think Vero will fill a lot of those holes, but also um when we look at who's going to be gone for the World Cup so That's we look true. at Jill Ellis, and Jill loves to call camp early, which means that we're going to be missing all our American players, at least, probably from May to mid-July. Yeah. That's a huge chunk of time. And even though there's the FIFA window, 
it's only know, like two weeks of that whole yeah, time. <laughs> it doesn't cover the elimination rounds and no one anywhere in the world is going to put their money on the fact that, you know, the United States is not going to be. Yeah. Especially with the group they drew, if they don't make it out of the group stage, there's a lot bigger issues that we need to be talking about than not having the Royals back. Cause yeah, we definitely. drew for, for the world cup, not bad of a group. And if, they're not making it at least into the elimination rounds, there's an issue. 100%. 100%. And also with that, uh, I guess, keep in mind, is that even though when the World Cup ends, you still have to get reacclimated back to your club team. You have to uh, reacclimate to the elevation. There's well, a lot there's, of things that go into it. There's potentially, if the U.S. wins, they might go a victory tour again, too. There's always that possibility. So... Yeah, never, so. never know what'll happen with the U.S. and what they'll do post World Cup. So yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of, I think holes that we need to be have filled are defensive. Um, if you think about it, well, not even if you think about it. If you look at it, <laughs> right? So you're we'll going to need lose. at least one more center back. Yeah, what I'm thinking specifically though is a right back. So Corsi is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Brun is gone and then you're also going to lose Katie Bowen that's true I that forgot right about her that. Yeah. so that leaves you pretty much with Becca Moros Samantha Johnson and Sydney Miramontes which three quality options but you can't have a three man back line very, yeah. very often and have it work out mm-hmm. for you and I know there's teams out there that do it but I don't see Utah becoming one of those teams so, yeah, I say we got to find a back or a st- or another center back somewhere in there. Yeah, you're going to need a center back and a right back. Um, also on that as well is so I think Sydney Maramontes is an incredibly exciting prospect. And I think that she can be really, really good. But you could tell that she struggled quite a bit last year. And she is not her form is not that great in the W league. Um, she's not, I guess, um, picking up, a, I don't want to say brownie points, but she's not necessarily picking up the points, uh, that you would expect someone to do when they go on loan. I would um, agree. I feel like she was, when she would sub on, she did pretty good, but whenever we would see her play more than like a half or 30 minutes, it was always a little rough to I feel like she, she ha- can be fit, but then, when it's over the course of 90 minutes, you're expecting mistakes from her, which I hurts my heart to say because I love her as a human being. Mm-hmm. But I, I can definitely agree with you there that sometimes the form is a little less than I'd like. Yeah. But hopefully we can bring in some competition for her and just increase the level of the team mm-hmm. as a whole. And given the strength of the NWSL, um, I think that she's going to have to pick up form drastically or she's going to, you know, another way to word that is she's going to need to grow a lot. Yeah. I think for me to feel comfortable starting her um, for a good portion of the NWSL season. On that note, too, that's also interesting to think about is so even when players come back, um, actually real quick before we go there, I think Sam Johnson is going to be a game changer. I think even I though she's too. not going to be, you know, she's not going to be going to the World Cup, but she's got that experience. And given that, you know, when everyone's healthy and when everyone's here, she's a bench player, I think she's going to come in and she's going to do a lot of really good things for this club. I totally agree. I was actually like really impressed with what I saw from her last season because she didn't get a lot of minutes. And I mean, she was only here part of the year anyway, but even in the time she was here, like you said, she was regularly a bench player. But when she came on, she plays with a lot of fire in her that you don't see as often from a lot of people like men's and women's game alike like there's just not a lot of players that you can always tell are playing with as much physicality as they possibly can and I always appreciated that from her because she just came out to play and she played her hardest every single chance she got and I really appreciated that from her no doubt no doubt additionally on that note also is so we have no idea when everyone's back how Kelly O'Hara is going to line up because for a while there, she was playing out on the wing. So when everyone's healthy and when everyone's back, do, it, does she get a spot on the wing? And then you push someone else central, and then someone like Katie Stengel goes to the bench. Is it going to be a 
Amy Rodriguez, Kristen Press, Kelly O'Hara, front three. That's uh, a front three to be reckoned with. Holy cow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because Kelly can get forward. But mm-hmm. also, if, you know, you're, um, if your fullbacks are your weakest position, and if you're going to bring Kelly forward, then you're going to need some extra depth there. Depth. Gosh, it's been such a long <laughs> way. <laughs> y'all know what the, y'all y'all depth. know what that word is. Yeah, there you go. Um, you're going to need some of that there, and so I think that that's going to be probably the main target that um, Laura, Scott, and Amy, and the rest of the FO are probably going to go for. So when it comes to biggest holes, I think it's definitely going to be that back line because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the midfield, you have two new options with uh, McKenzie Doniak being healthy as well as Mandy Laddish. So I don't think there's really a concern in the midfield. And I think that they're both um, talented, good players who can fit right in. And it's really going to be interesting during the World Cup to see all these players, um, especially to see players like, I think, Lola Bonta, Taylor Lytle, and Erica Timrak, who really may be a little bit on edge with this Vero signing, um, because that's going to be pushing them for minutes, even when everyone's back, to really perform at their best. So that'll be interesting to see. Definitely. And I'm like, a huge fan of the girls like Lola Bonta and Erica that are still working so hard, even though they're not probably getting the minutes they want. Cause obviously they all want to start and play 90 every week and that just doesn't happen for them. So I'm, I'm excited for them to get their chance a little bit this season and like show us what they can do in a full game. But I was also going to go back to is what if with Kelly, they decide she like, what if she goes back to the defense instead of maybe going forward, she goes back. Like, what do you think? You think maybe that's a possibility or do you think Laura is going to keep her midfield slash forward? Cause she kind of has played everything. Yeah. You know, that is the question. Cause I don't know where you put her. If you look at, obviously I think that this is depending on the matchup, it's going to, you know, depend on individual match tactics. But I think Katie Stengel was, even though she was the golden boot winner for our squad, I think she's incredibly underrated. She and I is, think 100%. she gives you that height that you're going to want. And so I think there's going to be an inclination to start her more often. But also, I don't know. We're not I really Harvey, don't apparently. Know. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. really don't know what we see. I would be very disappointed to not see more Katie Stengel this year. I feel, we saw her a lot last year. Not like I'm saying she should have played more last year. I feel like she got a good amount of minutes this last year. But I would be very disappointed to see her become a regular sub. I would like to see her like maybe not start every game because Laura never seems to like to keep the same starting 11 for very long. Mm-hmm. But to just get her as many minutes as we can. I think it'd be huge for her to grow, but I also think she's like you said, very underrated to this team. She was the golden boot for a reason. Like she is just that extra level of height that helps her. And she's just very physical and she's just overall bigger than a lot of like, not in a bad way. Like she's taller and she's got more muscle to her than a lot of the girls in this league do. And I think it plays a bigger advantage than we realize for her gameplay. Yeah, definitely. And like we mentioned earlier, she's far and away the best performing Royal in the W league this season, even with injuries. Yeah. Uh, She hasn't played in weeks now and is still leading in some of those stats. Yeah, for sure. For sure. She's really the only one. I hate to say this, but like shining, I guess, making the most of the opportunity, proving that, Hey, what I did in the W league is uh, exceptional and it's going to translate. Whereas I feel like other players haven't put in those convincing and consistent performances. I would agree. I mean, obviously I haven't watched the games every single week, so I can't like speak too much, but based on just stats alone and what I've seen from the results of their teams, I would agree. Katie's Katie's kind of gone and been like, this is still just soccer. Like I'm still going to play it. Like it's everything. And like, it's the NWSL and was playing just as hard as she would have here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Also on that note is so, 
Veronica Bocchetti. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. I'm probably Sounds not. Sounds good to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure she's cringing at all of us mispronouncing her last name, but I oh, think well. we might have gotten the first name right, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Um, so going by Vero, or Vero, so she, the thing with Katie Stangle, and when you add Vero into the mix, is that when Katie Stangle was at her arguably at her best she was playing that false nine Mm -hmm. that is where vero thrives the absolute best so i don't i think i'm I'm pretty confident that she is going to be a automatic starter um definitely when folks are gone for the international cup because she is a retired international but even when I think everyone's healthy and everyone's around, I think she's probably a shoe in to start most games. And like we mentioned earlier, I think that's going to push a lot of people for minutes, like Taylor Lytle, like the Lilibontas, like the Erica Timracks, like the Brittany Ratcliffs. And when push comes to shove, when you look at those four players, Ratcliffe, Timrack, Labonta, and Lytle, I don't know if there's a place for them on the roster when you add Pharaoh in. Yeah. Because at least from what we saw last year, a lot of those can do the same thing. Now, while we do lose Katrina Gorey, I don't, I don't know if I'm Laura Harvey, I guess I just, I guess I just don't know who of those to play where and when, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, yeah, I feel like it's definitely because pretty much all of our midfielders and forwards can are pretty diverse and can play multiple positions. But you also have to look at, like you said, Katie's played that false nine so well. Do you want to move her? But also then, like you said, again, Vero's so good at that position. So do you who do you put there? And then also, if you move Katie, where do you move? You know, who do you move to put Katie somewhere else? But then like it's just a giant puzzle when we can realistically they can all play it but how long do we have to spend figuring out who can play what the best and is it worth it per se to move around the the lineup every week when we could you know just take one person out and slip someone else in instead of moving everyone else around i don't know if that makes any sense but like it's it's kind of interesting to see that there's really no way to predict what our lineup will be because it all depends on what laura thinks will be the best but there's so many different people you could put that I would think would be the best, but then they might not be. And it's a whole big mess now of too many talented players, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I guess in conclusion with that, I would not be super shocked to see one of those four players leave, even though I like them all very Me much. Neither. Let's talk yeah. about Britt Ratcliffe for a second. What, yeah, like, let's do it. I feel like she's the one that we always kind of forget about, even though she's an incredible player and she does she did a lot for the Royals this season obviously I mean Uh she got us that beautiful goal against North Carolina but like I feel like we kind of just she's kind of been swept under the rug a little bit and what are like your thoughts do you think she stays do you think she starts do you think she's benched like what are what are your thoughts on her for this upcoming season you know that's such a good question because in the beginning of the season obviously Brittany was getting at least once uh you know Torsness went out or went down with the injury mm-hmm. and ultimately left. Brittany was getting minutes. And then when Taylor Lytle got healthy, she pretty much lost those minutes. Um, and whereas players like Megan Kelly were the ones who were excluded from the 18, that, you know, with them departing, and same with Alexa Newfield, that sort of, that, I guess, spot outside the 18, sort of became Brittany Ratcliffe's in Obviously, she's been amazing when she's played. And just like Marcus says, you know, she plays her best in white uh, when when they're away. Mm-hmm. She's had some yeah. amazing goals. But I don't, I don't know how those decisions are made. Um, I almost wonder if – so Brittany's still pretty young, one mm-hmm. of the youngest players on the team. And I believe she's – she's only – yeah, she's 24. Okay, yeah. So yeah. She's, she's like low she's 24. 20s. And Laura loves experience, as is proven. She does. And as we'll talk about more with the draft. And I almost wonder if Brittany lacks some of the technical ability that people like Diana Matheson have. Mm-hmm. And I think 
that in a very physical league that is the NWSL that people like Diana Matheson or like Alola Bonta, who even though is like, you know, low is super small, but she's super strong. I think maybe they're going to get more minutes there, but that still doesn't answer the question of why wasn't she getting those substitute minutes later in the season when she was scoring some pretty good goals and some pretty amazing goals as well. So who knows? I really don't know what to do with Brittany Ratcliffe. Yeah, I was just um, looking it up. And in the last, what's this, like six games of the season, she saw 30 minutes. So it's yeah. like, why did she go from getting 80, 60, 80 minutes in the first four or five games of the season to getting 30 in the last six, you know, it's just, yeah. it's weird with her. That's what, that's kind of why I asked is because like, I would s- always see her around the stadium and she's obviously still a very big part of the morale of the team, but it's like, seemed like to Laura, she just kind of fell off the face of the earth and did was magically not what she wanted. So that's, yeah, that's kind of why I asked is I was wondering if I was crazy for thinking maybe there was a chance she was on her way out or, but I think you're right in that Laura loves the experience as you can tell from our, brand new signing who's played for like over a decade i believe hasn't she Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so like she's got all that experience and then brit's only been in the league for a few years so so you basically confirmed my suspicions thanks (laughs) (laughs) i think also though on that note i think if there is to be like at least based on the way the rosters were set up at the end of last year if we are to pick a french player who i think is most likely to be on the way out i think that is Brittany. I think another thing that we can probably speculate is so after, you know, Lola Bonta lost her brother, she came back with a new spark. And I think it was, it may have just come down to the fact that she had this extra motivation and she was at working people. And I think Taylor Lytle, who was used to being a consistent starter with sky blue after spending the first pretty much three fourths of the season on the bench, just picked it up and, you know, it may just be that Brittany Ratcliffe was outworked. It might have been. Who knows? Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that's a big part of it. And hope I love Brit to death. I think she's like one of the sweetest people on the planet. But at the end of the day, like I I don't want to see her leave, but I don't see Lara keeping her for too much longer. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have worded it better myself. All right. Well, now that we've sad. gone on that Brit Ratcliffe tangent, let's continue. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll talk about Vera. We'll just uh, give some of her resume. So she's hopped around a bit. She's played in the NWSL. She's played with teams like Bayern, uh, with uh, PSG, most recently in China. She has experience with people on this roster. Um, for example, she played in Sweden with Kristen Press. And they had the most fantastic connecting partnership. So it'd be really awesome to see that relationship pick up where it left off. And she was also uh, teammates with Becca Moros for a season in Portland. I believe uh, Nicole Barnhart tweeted something about working with her again as well. So I wonder if, I don't know when, but she made it sound like they'd played together at some point too. Oh, okay. Fair. I don't know. Nicole Barnhart's tweet might have just been misleading, but... Sounds like they might have played together as well. I'm trying to Google it and find out. Cool. Rad to know. Rad to know. Additionally, so as we were talking earlier, is that so she's going to turn 32 this season in April, I think. And given how much she's hopped around in her age, I, I'll say this pretty confidently that I don't think she's a long-term investment. I don't think she's um, a spot filler by any means. But I would be surprised if she was here for more than a couple of years. I think she's someone who is brought in to fill in the massive gap that you have with the World Cup. And I think she's also here to push those younger players, like the Katie Stangles, the Brittany Ratcliffs, to be better in as mentoring. And I think she's going to make an immediate impact but I think that Utah Royals FC fans are wrong if they think that she's going to be here for a long period well, of time. Well, I think you're I think you're completely right on that. Just one based on her age. She is 32. That's like 
not old, but kind of getting up there, especially for a midfielder. Typically, you know, 35, 36, you see them start to slow down, unless they're Kyle Beckerman, in which case they just keep going forever. We're just going to let him do his thing. <laughs> but And also, she's only been with most of her teams for two, three, maybe four seasons. So, I mean, you figure even if she does stay three seasons, that'll put her at 35. Like, it's, I don't see her saying any more than maybe two, three seasons either. Cool. Cool. But her club record is her club and her international record. is. She's scored a lot of goals. (laughs) Yeah. She's scored a lot of goals and she's won a lot of club trophies and personal trophies. Uh, For example, she was the player of the year in 2011 with the WPS, which as if you're listening to this, you you know, that's the precursor. (laughs) You probably know this already, but it's, you know, the precursor to the NWSL. She is, I could be mistaken on this, but I'm pretty confident is that she is Spain's all-time leading goal scorer. And she was the captain of Spain at the 2015 world cup. And she, you know, she has a ton of caps. She retired from the national team now. So obviously we'll have Mm -hmm. her with the world cup year. um, So that'll be great. But like her resume is incredibly impressive and she's been here before she's played for, Multiple teams in the NWSL. She knows the league. She knows the physicality. She has the international experience. And, um, yeah, she knows Laura, obviously, for a long time. So it'll it's a great sign. Yeah. Um, Says she's got 38 goals and 56 appearances with Spain. So that's really good for, you know, obviously that, was, that ended in 2017. So, you know, it was two years ago now. But that's even to be scoring at that rate at any point in your career is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And she can play anywhere up front. I'm really curious to see where she lines up. Me too. I think personally that she's going to take that center attacking midfielder role, especially when people are gone for the world cup. And then I think Katie Stangle has pushed up to the nine and she'll play as a 10, but I don't know. And, you know, with all due respect to Katrina Gorey, I think that she is going to be what we wanted with Katrina Gorey, but she has more experience. She's more technical and she's probably a little bit faster. Yeah, I would agree. I didn't really like, obviously we didn't see very much of Katrina Gorey, but I've never watched Vero play. So I don't know what's tough to say, but I, I would say you're probably accurate in that. And I think seeing her back there is going to be huge just on the standpoint of it's going to create a level of competition that we haven't, had necessarily yet because like the midfield was pretty set last year and who was going to play when it was kind of just moved around a little bit based on who was with the national teams and all that but I feel like adding her into that midfield is going to make it so everybody kind of looks over their shoulders like I don't necessarily have a starting spot all the time anymore I think that even if she doesn't do anything on the field is going to be huge for this team to have someone kind of pushing them forward a little bit more for sure for sure. And, you know, barring injuries, whether it be the nine or the 10, like we said earlier, uh, you know, players like Lola Bonta, Taylor Lado, and Erica Timrak, they're probably going like, oh, crap, you know, this is going to take a lot of minutes from me when my limit, when my, ugh, when my minutes are already pretty limited. Yes, exactly. That is what's always been interesting with the NWSL is I feel like there's so much competition for minutes, but there's also not as much of a consistent starting lineup. Like I feel like with MLS and USL, they usually have their starting 11 and it sticks with it pretty much. And that's one thing I've noticed, at least with Utah, I don't obviously follow the starting 11 for every other team in the NWSL like I do for Utah, but it seems like there's more fluctuation in who starts and who's bench. There's not nearly as many. They're going to start every single game in and out as I feel like there is in other leagues around the world. For sure. I agree with that. I also think that Laura likes to tinker a little bit, maybe more than other coaches, but I think there's definitely sort of a a general norm to what you're saying in the NWSL compared to a lot of other leagues. I would agree with that. Yeah. That also just might be Laura's doing too, is she's definitely like, isn't the kind of coach that's just going to let a player play because they they should. She's going to make them work for it in training, and she's going to make the adjustment based on the opponent every week and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that will be really interesting to see how that will play out. I'm super excited for it. 
So, moving to the draft. So, Utah Raws FC only have picks in the third and fourth round, the 23rd and the 32nd pick. And, you know, granted, it's a World Cup year, so rosters are going to be expanded like they were last year. But the question becomes, are practice players going to be played more? Or is there going to be additional roster spots compared to last year? And we may we may find that out before the draft on the 10th. Mm-hmm. But also, who knows? Because there's a strong disincentive. You look at folks like EJ Proctor, who came in and it was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a pretty solid spot on this team. And then... You know, you select Abby Smith in, um, I don't know what the, to recall it, the dissolution yeah. draft. Yeah. Um, the dispersion that's draft. the word. Is that? I think I that's know. the word. No, yeah, there the we draft go. that we picked Abby Smith in is what we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Abby Smith yes. draft. Just rename it after but, so, <laughs> so E.J. Proctor comes in and, they, you know, she thinks that she's going to get minutes and then she's relegated to a practice player. She's not getting a lot of minutes. Uh, her family had anticipated traveling up and down the East Coast to see her play. And she just, you know, she was making practice player money and it wasn't worth it. So she left and she picked up a whole new career, which is killing out on the East Coast. Yeah. You know, the same with Taylor Isom. You know, it's... I, you know, she's glad, obviously, that she was drafted to a Utah team, but, you know, her family's here and she's not going to play, so she's going to do that. Uh, Same with Kendall Johnson, although Kendall Johnson is a little bit more nuanced um, in terms of that horrible concussion that she had a few years ago. But, you know, nonetheless, she ended up going back to Portland. And so I think the question really becomes is what type of talent is there at the 23rd and 32nd pick? And is that going to be enough to make the roster and if it's not even if the pay for practice players is increased a little bit it's still bad it's, i mean you know it's yeah. still like poverty line or below poverty most of those line. girls aren't making so, nearly enough to be to have this as their full-time lifestyle and that's just the sad reality of this league right now is there's a reason all these players go out to the the w league in the offseason it's because they have to it's not like I sh- doubt they want to go play soccer 12 months a year. I'm sure eventually they get really burned out on it, but it's just the reality that is this league right now. There's just not enough resources in it to make it so that they can have this as their lifetime career as it is in MLS. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think happens with these picks, Megan? 23 and 32. Uh, it's so tough to say because, like you said, most most of the game changing talent's going to go in the first rounds that we gave that Lara gave to Chicago for Kristen. But again, you also you don't know because who knows? Maybe the twenty third draft pick this year is the rookie of the year. You know, I hope that we can bring someone in that'll change change this team and make this team better. But it's also the super draft, and who knows if Lara will even keep whoever we pick. You know? Yeah. Because like you yeah. said, Laura doesn't necessarily love young players. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's so tough. I almost wonder, so here's what I think is going to happen. I think either we see nothing is done with the picks, and I think that the players picked don't play, or I think that there's a chance that the picks get moved. And maybe you take those picks, you couple it with someone like a Brittany Ratcliffe or a Labonta, and you trade for a lower pick or you trade for another player. And I think undoubtedly that player is going to be a center back or someone who can play defense. So maybe you do a swap for a current center back in the league, or maybe just maybe the offer would have to be super enticing. Um, You know, you trade down, super low and get like a Haley Mace. Well, I think that's super unlikely. Maybe it's an option. And, you know, we know Laura doesn't like to build to the draft. So I think they'll probably go to waste, but who knows? We'll see. There will probably be a lot of trades and a lot of things that will happen Wednesday night. So things will be pretty hectic. Keep an eye out. Sure. Yeah. That's, 
totally agree with that is maybe we trade for someone. I don't know. Like Laura just likes to give draft picks for players. So that's fairly likely, but who knows? Nobody really is going to trade for that low of a draft pick as we have anyways, I don't think. So probably just going to be like another draft happened. Somebody got a really good pick and somebody like us didn't really have the pick. (laughs) So but prove me wrong, Laura, Mm -hmm. get us a really good draft pick. With our 23rd and 32nd pick. <laughs> yes. What I yes, would love, please. but I just, I don't know. It's tough to see that much, that low of a pick get too crazy good talent. But who knows? Never know. Yeah. Um, Chris Henderson on the Woso Independent podcast was talking about how the draft class is not as like impressive in terms of the, I guess, sheer capabilities of players. Like there's not going to be a whole bunch of, uh, you know, U.S. women's national team players coming out of this mm-hmm. draft. But in terms of previous drafts, in term in terms of sort of an average talent, while there's not going to probably be any superstars out of it, there's fill, you know, fill players, which teams like Chicago, Utah, Sky Blue are going to need. So we'll we'll see where it goes. On a related facet is so there are three uh, uh, Utah folks in the draft. Uh, Haley Skomolski North uh, from Riverton plays for the University of Utah. If she's around with the 23rd pick, which she may be, or the 32nd, probably a lot less likely. I think that this is probably best case scenario that um, Laura and the gang go with. They pick someone local. Uh, Haley has a lot of experience. She can play all over the field. She can play on the wing. She can play in the defense. And I think that that would be a good pick for them in the draft. There's also Amelia Fulmer from Pleasant Grove and Brighton Terry from St. George. Um, I forget what colleges they go to, but really I think um, as far as what we can actually speculate, I think Haley Skolmoski North is probably the bet that Laura will go with. We'll see. Well, and it's always nice when we can get, you know, someone that's gone to university and played in college and we get a little more that we can see of them playing higher level matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another big thing with the draft. And so this is, I don't even know how to approach this. This is going to be really interesting. So new year is new federation allocation. And so obviously I think, I think most folks know this, but the way that most teams are able to afford their expensive players who, I guess, you know, the players who get a decent amount of minutes with the U S women's national team and the Canadian national team, their salaries are paid by their national federations instead of the club. And there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk. And I am, pretty dang certain that A-Rod is going to be dropped from that allocated federation list. And so URFC is going to have to make up the difference. So that'll be interesting to see what will have to happen salary-wise. I think that Amy Rodriguez, obviously she's a fan favorite. She was probably um, one, I don't want to say D-face, but one of the faces Uh, of the club as an identity last year, you know, scored that home goal and she has a ton left to offer. And it's an amazing comeback story, but also like, does she hang it up? I don't think she does, but it's also an option. How are they going to negotiate that salary? If she gets dropped by the Federation, which is almost certainly going to happen. So I have no idea what's going to happen there. She could be a Royal. She could not be a Royal. She could retire completely to, um, you know, be and spend more time with her family. You know, she is a mom. I have no idea. Me neither. I I would be devastated to see that be the reason she has to hang up the boots because she's come, she's overcome so much. She has two kids. She had that horrible injury. She's she deserves to go out when she decides she's done. But also, I just know that paying for her to keep playing is going to be a lot for Utah and it just depends on if they're willing to put up the money and I hope 
that they would be mm-hmm. because she, like you said, she was a huge part of this team last year. She's a huge face of this team. She's one of the people that like, if you don't know much about soccer, but you follow the women's national team, you'll know her face because she was, you know, she was on the roster in 2015 and she was, you know, there for all of that. And I think losing her would be bad for the team, but also just bad for the overall image of of this team and to let someone like her just quit after everything she went through to keep playing after her injury. Yeah. Agreed. And, and two pregnancies. That's a you know, lot on a human, like to come back after yeah, two pregnancies. Yeah, that's also a commitment. Uh, part of me thinks that she is more likely to be moved than hang up the boots. But also if you look at clubs and clubs that have financial stability, you know, being attached to an MLS club, Utah Royals definitely have much more financial stability and I think much more um, leverage and maneuvering that they can do compared to a lot of other clubs. So I don't know if it happens. I don't, I'm not necessarily inclined to think one way or another, but it's a possibility and we never know. I think like when you look at the teams that could realistically afford her, because Let's be honest here. Sky Blue probably can't afford to pay Amy Rodriguez. <laughs> it's pro- it's yeah. just the reality. You know, Sky, but real quick, but go ahead. Sky Blue may collapse. That's you know, true. Like they're losing a ton of their players. They've had at least two or three players who are on their way to Europe. Katie Johnson being one of them. Like nothing has been done to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. They are combusting from the inside. And I am terrified that in the next couple of days, we are going to get a press release saying Sky Blue FC. It wouldn't surprise me as awful as that is to say, and as awful as it is to hear, there's just so much wrong in that organization right now that it either needs to be completely re like needs to be started from scratch, or they just need to say goodbye and invest the money into a new project and give, get start from the ground up with another team if you want, but there's a lot of issues in that facility and that team that I don't think are being dealt with in the way that I would have hoped at the beginning of the season. Like there's we all season we're hearing stories every uh, like felt like every other week we'd be hearing like, Oh, this happened in sky blue. Oh, and now now this and now this and now this like, it's to the point where even their fans are tired of it. Like if you've made your supporters group, that's supposed to be the heart and soul of your team angry with you. Doesn't that say something bigger about the management of the club? Like there's just so many issues there that it hurts to see the NWSL at that point, that there's nothing that the league can really do. And there's nothing that their ownership is doing, at least that we know of, obviously, you know, behind closed doors, they might be trying to do something, but to the, to the general public, it really just looks like they're just being like, meh, whatever. And letting it die. Which isn't what this league needs right now. It's the worst. It's the worst case scenario for the league. And back on A-Rod. She, the only place I could see her being able to be paid for is probably Portland. And I don't think Portland needs her. (laughs) Like, she's great, but I feel like they've got a pretty good thing going right now. And I don't, I don't know if they need her really. And I don't know, I can't think of anywhere that I really feel like she, they'd need her or that they could afford her. Like maybe Orlando. Orlando could probably afford her. But again, Orlando, I don't know if she'd really fit in there. And I don't know if she wants to move her family again either. She just moved to Utah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure if her family... Does her I'm family not, live? I don't like, know. I don't her kids wouldn't meet the team day. So maybe they like are part-time. I don't know. But yeah, her poor family's had to move so much, I'm sure, for her and her husband and her career and oh that's yeah it's a lot of movement yeah, yeah that's tough that's tough but who knows so we will see where that yes. dice falls and when it falls we will talk about it okay um so we already talked about Donnie Ack and Laddish being healthy uh, we already talked about how when moves happen they're probably going to be on the defense unless we see some massive turnover or like some two for one deal or a three for one deal, 
which I doubt, but we'll see. Although I would be shocked not to see Laura. I would be too. I think, I think there's like, I don't know anything. So nobody quote me on this. I'm just going off how I know soccer works. There'll be at least one or two more moves before the season starts before preseason gets started. I would imagine, especially knowing Laura, how she, she's not afraid to make moves. Mm -hmm, For sure. Um, In an article or in an interview that she did with the equalizer folks on the equalizer, uh, she said something along the lines of, so she had looked for that sort of 10 spot in league and she couldn't find it. So she went to Vero. So I think that, um, I think she's definitely shopped all around the league and tried to make moves. But I think, again, I think so much of it comes down to, all right, who in college is going to declare for the draft? Cause you can still declare for the draft up to mm-hmm. the night four. And what's, the federal or sorry you know what's the allocation going to be um from the federation at the top down and so i think once those things are made clear i think things are going to get a bit crazy wednesday Um, night's going to be interesting (laughs) yes wednesday night and thursday morning and even after the next yeah it'll be it'll be be a lot of fun better keep your tabs on on the league or you'll get lost yeah for sure for sure Sorry, I keep saying for sure, for sure. I know someone when we put out the um, the like feedback response, someone just like flat out said like Virgil needs to stop saying for sure. And, like, okay, all right, got all right, it, I got Thanks. it. Yeah, I I will do better. I need to and read so the replies. I've said that. it a couple times this episode. Yeah, I've I've said that a couple times this episode, and I cringe <laughs> every time I say it. And I'm so. I sorry, mean, it's dude. how you talk like in person too, though. So it's not just. Yeah. on here it's just how like you say it in normal conversation too uh-huh definitely definitely and you know my workplace isn't when i when i do work i work with yeah. high school kids and so i don't have that like academic vocabulary that i sometimes have so i'm in that sort of state yeah of mind, i'm but i know whatever. i'm surprised That's people aren't like megan talks like a teenager because well one i am so you know, makes sense, <laughs> but also I try not to because I know that's annoying to listen to, but for some reason they let me on this podcast, so I try. You're an articulate teenager. <laughs> that's good because that's what I try to do. I uh, Sometimes teenagers are annoying. I say as one, but anyway, now that tangent's done. <laughs> we'll actually talk about soccer for a second here. <laughs> You know, I think this has been the least tangent-y episode that we've had. And it may just be because probably only two yeah. of us, because Sina's got a cold and Ryan's yeah. in class, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we've we'll see. we've Plenty still got time to, to make tangents happen, so. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we do. All right. So, looking at the World Cup, I was thinking that we just wait until it gets closer to talk about it, and I think we'll still probably do that. But we may as well talk about it just a tad bit. So while we were gone, the groups for the World Cup in France were set up. So I don't think we'll do a detailed analysis of the group, but we'll talk about the players. Um, One other thing to note that I meant to say earlier. So in terms of the defensive problems, so in the W League, Gunny has been playing pretty deep. And, you know, she can play pretty deep. So to see her fill in maybe as a center back, would not be the most surprising. You know, I'd actually be really okay with that. I thought she did a lot of really good defensive work this season. And maybe, you know, maybe if she goes in and plays a back, she can still, she can play it kind of like how Real does where their backs get up a little bit more, but they're still on the back line. Cause I think she could do really good with that is playing more defensively, but still getting up a little bit more. Yeah. I think that'd be really interesting to see actually. I'd be interested in watching that. Mm-hmm. And who knows how we're going to Honestly, I don't know. At this with... point, Abby Smith's going to be our nine. That's what's going to happen this year. Like, I, <laughs> everything I, mean, I know is false at this point, so. I think we'll still see a 4-3-3, but I almost wonder if we see Desiree Scott and Gunny drop deeper, um, and we see... Um, I guess the wingers just play yeah. a little higher up. Who knows? We'll, we'll find we'll out. We'll see what happens. Anyways, getting <laughs> right. to the Cup. We don't have tangents. Yeah. We say as we go on two tangents in a row. <laughs> oh, 
That's so funny. So um, Rachel Corsi and Scotland are in a group with England, Argentina, and Japan. That's that is I don't remember uh, who it is, but I don't remember either. Group. But that's a tough group for for them. Yeah, I think I think Scotland's going to surprise us this year, though. I feel like they're going to just show up and be like, you know, no one thinks we're going to do anything, and then they're going to just end up somehow winning the whole thing. Calling it right now. That's yeah. my prediction. Scotland's Scotland's the 2019 Women's World Cup champions. <laughs> I don't I think they'll win, but I think they'll get into elimination I hope rounds. So. I think that Rachel Corsi and you know the squad she captains. I talked to her uh, like really briefly after we did the interview with her, and she is so hyped up for that oh, World I Cup. I think they're going to do great, and I just want to see. Scotland I do too. I think if they're able to get maybe into the like quarterfinals, then that's for a first time. Right, that's our first. This is our first World Cup, right? I'm not wrong on that. Okay. Yes. For first yes, it is. first time in the World Cup, if they can make it out of their group stage with, especially with that tough of a group, that'd be really impressive. The mm-hmm. mm-hmm. USA is in a group against Sweden, Chile, and Thailand. I think that's potentially the easiest group yeah, that's of the tournament. Pretty manageable. I think Sweden, yeah, Sweden could pose a threat, but Chile and Thailand. Yeah, I, I feel like it's for sure, um, at least for me, I feel like it's pretty obvious USA and Sweden will make it out of that group. Maybe Chile and Thailand show up and give us a run for our money, but. Based on the past history of Women's World Cup, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the U.S. and Sweden get out. Yeah, I would really, I would really doubt it. And honestly, when we think about it, right, like global football is about mm. money and who has development. And Chile and Thailand have neither one of those exactly. things. Exactly. So, as much as yeah. I would love to see not Sweden, I it's just not realistic to say anything other than the U.S. and Sweden making it past yeah do you have some hidden beef with sweden or do you just want to see i just i just like an underdog story i don't have anything really against sweden i just i don't know i just like an underdog yeah i guess i'm just used to being a fan of the underdog cool 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 so my group of death involves katie bowen in new zealand yeah their group will face off against canada so Diana Matheson and Desiree Scott will go up against uh, Katie Bowen in New Zealand. That will be exciting. It's the only um, uh, group that has uh, Royals going up against each other, at least as of now. And also in that group is Cameroon and obviously my country, the Netherlands. Woo! So I'm I'm pretty torn. I really want the Netherlands to do well. I want all of those well. teams to do well. <laughs> like Yeah. Agreed. I would love to see the U.S. play New Zealand, though, in the World Cup. I think that would be really fun. That would be fun. But I'd also like to see the U.S. and Canada play each other because that's the first U.S. women's match I ever saw was Sydney LaRue scored, oh, and it was cool. a U.S. versus Canada at Rio Tinto. It was crazy. At least I think Sydney scored. I feel like she scored. I might be wrong on that, but I know it was U.S.-Canada. But that was one of the first cool. matches I ever saw. Definitely the first women's match I ever saw. But yeah, cool. so that that matchup Very has cool. a special place in my heart, despite the rivalry that obviously makes it crazy. But <laughs> yeah, it will be it will be a this lot World of Cup's going to be crazy. There's a lot of nations have put a lot of good players out, and I think they're going to it's going to be a little tougher this year than it was was five four years ago, not five years ago, four years ago. But I'm excited. Should be a good summer. Yeah, I. I definitely think that countries like France for and sure. Netherlands will give the United States a run for their money, and I think that's going to yeah, be yeah. And really I exciting. think I think Scotland, like I said, is going to be is going to be fun to watch this year. There, I think they're going to be so amped up that it's gonna it's going to give them an advantage over some of these teams like the U.S. and Canada that are just you know this is just a World Cup for them, like not just a World Cup, obviously, but it's always different to be playing in your first one than fourth or fifth. So true. So true. All right. Is there anything you want to close um, with, I don't Megan? think so. I don't think I've got anything else. We've talked about pretty much everything. Make sure you watch the draft on Thursday. I thought it was tomorrow, and it's not. So watch it on Thursday <laughs> at, I believe, 10, 10 a.m.? Is that correct? I, I have no idea. Quick. I want to say it was 12 Eastern, so that would make it 10 here. But I'm going to make sure. Keep you all in the yes. loop. 
Uh-huh. Yes, I was right. 10 a.m. on January 10th. Sweet. And we'll do a podcast. Yes. Not necessarily after that, but relatively yeah. recent. Relatively. Quickly. Close. Yeah, one of those that. words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after that happened. Oh, yeah. I've been up since oh, 3.30. Man. I just couldn't sleep. It's awful. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Utah Royals. Oh, I guess Happy show. New Year. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> this is the first oh, show yeah, after the New, New Year. Year. So happy New Year. And Christmas. Man, we're just missing yeah, all we, the holidays. Kwanzaa. Yes. Y'all celebrate that. Anyway, it's um Hanukkah. Yeah. yeah. We missed all the holidays, so happy, happy holidays. We did miss all the holidays. Yeah. Happy yes. belated holidays. Happy birthday. Your birthday is coming <laughs> yes. up. Happy birthday to whoever <laughs> happened to be born in the next few days. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Marty, thanks, y'all. <laughs>